Welcome to Two Travel Dads Podcast. Here we share our favorite destinations, travel tips, ideas for saving money, and stories from our adventures. Be sure to check out our show notes at twotraveldads.com slash podcast dash episodes. Welcome to another episode of Two Travel Dads Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Chris. And today... We are talking about visiting theme parks uh, during coronavirus uh, because here in Florida, at least, they have reopened and... There's no coronavirus. There is no coronavirus here. It's all gone. Yeah. Good times. Um, no, it still is a thing. <laughs> but theme parks have had their restrictions lifted and yeah, we well, have... What? Yeah, they did, but however, I think, well, and we'll talk about it, though, but not every theme park has lifted restrictions, even though the state did. Yeah, they haven't necessarily lifted their practice, but the state has told them that they're fine. But yeah, no, so we've gotten to visit both um, Disney World and Universal Orlando a couple times. We're going to share what we witnessed, how it made us feel with each park, and then what we recommend and why. Let's start. Do you want to start with Disney World? Sure. Cool. So we have only been to Magic Kingdom since all of this. Since COVID. Yeah. So one day we were there doing a full day of everything and staying in the hotel and all that stuff. Um, and then we were there another day actually filming a commercial before the park opened. And we were there after the park opened too. Yeah. So that's... Still staying in the, staying in the same hotel. So yeah. Spending lots of... It was the... Disney Contemporary Resort. Yeah, I love the Contemporary Resort, by the way. Yeah, so that's kind of our frame of reference for where we're getting all of our opinions and information about what Disney is doing. What did you think about how they were handling things? Well, so we did research ahead of time, right, to know, okay, um, what what are they doing in this current state of COVID to help prevent spread? So what we saw online was, you know, uh, capacity restrictions, hand sanitizer everywhere. Everywhere. And social distancing and masks being required, right? So we knew about that ahead of time before actually visiting the park. And another thing about the mask real quick is when we were first going to enter, we had masks that they had just changed the rules to not allow. <laughs> so they provided us with some paper ones until we could get good masks. Paper ones, still the 95 masks. So but yeah, still better. Than, still yeah. really good masks. But yeah, no, so that I was going to get into that to where then we actually got to go to the park and then experience what it was really like. And I would say I felt safer there at Disney World or Magic Kingdom than any grocery store or, or gas other station. retail store or gas station that I've been to because they were thorough in their practices and every cast member understood what the requirements were and practiced and enforced them. So Enforcing for, them is key. <laughs> that is key. So we'll talk about why that's important compared to like Universal Studios. So uh, I think the, the biggest thing at Disney World, uh, you know, for me was capacity. So they reduce capacity for the number of people to go into the park, which helps with social distancing. And you saw that clearly when you were in the park. And that just gives you a sense of comfort. And in addition to that, they have hand sanitizer before you enter a ride. So it's like you can, you know, make sure you get your hands all sanitized. You go on the ride and right after you get off, there's more hand sanitizer. There's hand sanitizer everywhere. So your hands start to feel weird. And at also the at the, the beginning of the queue, before you get into queue, there's also always a hand sanitizer station. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant, I guess, before you get into the ride. Well, well but then there's also the one right before you actually board the ride. So that it's just everywhere. If you get germy between when you enter a queue and before you get into your ride vehicle, you have hand sanitizer. Yeah. And then they also have, because uh, of course, you also want to wash your hands. So mm -hmm. in addition to the restrooms, 
there are those temporary fair or event style washing hand washing I didn't stations. See very many of them though. I did. Uh, yeah, in Disney World. Um, I didn't see a single one at Universal, um, but I did see them frequently, and I used them frequently at uh, Disney World or Magic Kingdom. And then the mask rule. So masks are required, and the only time they're not required is when you are eating food and stationary, and then you can take off your mask. And so the rules were followed by, I mean, mostly everybody there. I didn't see people, a lot of people with like the mask like down below their nose, um, or really not following the rules. When I did Magic see Kingdom. somebody who had like for a moment done that or was walking around thinking they were kind of being cool with their mask or with their nose sticking out, um, I saw several cast members tell people to pull their mask up and wear their mask properly. Stark contrast to Universal Studios where so many people were like, I'm just going to wear it down below my nose or I'm just going to walk around with it off my face yeah, until just, somebody tells me to put it on. Yeah. So totally different. Um, so bravo to Disney for actually like having their cast members, like actually empowering them to enforce the mask rule because yeah. <laughs> like I said, it made me feel safer than, uh, you know, going shopping. And, uh, and in addition to that, the other cool thing is if, uh, you're going to do dining, they have mobile order and pay at all of their locations. So you can order ahead of time through the app and go and pick up your food. And if you do reserve, you know, a spot to go do sit down dining, they have social distancing all within the uh, restaurant, and you can scan uh, the QR code to get access to the menu, so you're not like touching all the menus. That oh, that's right. Touched. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool because yeah. yeah, it actually made it so that you weren't even having menus being passed back and forth. So um, one of the other precautions that we saw all over the Magic Kingdom was um, their social distancing markers that they had in their queues, and it wasn't just that there was like some tape on the floor or something like that but they were really well thought out so that you could twirl around with six foot sticks in both of your hands and not hit a person. So if the queue would normally zigzag, the spots to stop had plenty of space in between them, even if normally they would zigzag right next to each other. So that was cool. And then some of the queues like Thunder Mountain was the one that really stands out to me. Some of the queues actually had plexiglass walls between the zigzags. So it's not just keeping the distance, but there's actual barriers as, as people are like winding through yeah where do you, you would normally be like side by side with somebody yeah so disney clearly went to a lot of thought and spent a lot of time being able to welcome people back and not have people report negatively on it <laughs> well i think they really cared yeah yeah truly cared which is really cool so that was oh and you know what there's one other thing that we saw at disney that was interesting a couple different times we were in the queue for a ride and then heard an announcement and then things just came to a stop because they would close down rides for short amounts of time to go through and sanitize everything. So it wasn't just moving people through, 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 but mm -hmm. actually like stopping deep cleaning ride vehicles and then starting the ride again. So yep. I thought that was cool. And because we stayed in the um, one of their properties, you know, the Contemporary Resort, and uh, obviously it's going to be, I assume that if you go to any of the other parks or any of the other resorts, it's the same experience. Um, I assume the same. Right. Um, but we're at the Contemporary Resort, and they also have great social distancing um, and other, I guess, preventative COVID measures in place. So even um, waiting for the elevator, they have the the strips and you know stickers on the floor so you're spaced out uh, between others as you're waiting for the elevator. When you go into your room, 
they have this great sign that shows you all of the extra cleaning and sanitization, high touch points, points, right? To give you more comfort about what, you know, was cleaned in your room. And then also they, you get to use the, the same mobile and order, mobile order and pay uh, features to get food while you're in the resort. So I thought that was really great. Yeah. And then also, so with all of the restrictions and trying to limit crowding in certain spots, they've really changed how entertainment happens in the parks. So instead of your standard awesome shows like fireworks and parades, they do kind of, I forget what they call them, maybe character promenades or something like that, where they just kind of um, walk a couple of characters through the park um, and you can't stop and take pictures with them necessarily, but there's just, there's no parades where you get, you know, thousands of people. I remember the country bear is up there on like the balcony (laughs) is waving at people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Things like that. And Chip and Dale going around on a river raft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what they're doing for um, entertainment instead of, you know, allowing people to congregate. And also with fireworks, since they um, can't have people, you know, just parked in front of the castle in large groups, they broadcast them into the hotel rooms. So you can actually, from 6 to 10 p.m., you can actually watch fireworks on a loop in your room. I mean, it's not the same, but it's pretty cool. It's better than nothing. It's, it's better than nothing. It's easy to fall asleep to. And I mean... Also, at the same time, what's really great about all of this is that we barely waited for rides. I really loved that. It was amazing. <laughs> the lines were really short. Well, so now people are getting more comfortable and going much more. And so they're still not, you know, at, at traditional capacity. But I have been getting reports back from friends that have gone that on the weekends, particularly, the wait time is just as much as normal. And that isn't because there is just as many people as normal, but in ride vehicles, they aren't filling the ride vehicle to capacity. So if, you know, a Splash Mountain log could normally hold six to eight people, they're only putting three in, or like just one family. They're not mixing anybody in. It's the same with um, like the long train on Thunder Mountain Railroad. You know, they'll, they'll put people in the front, people right in the very middle, and somebody at the end, like that. So it's not that it's so full that wait times have gotten crazy, but that there are more people and they are only running rides at half capacity. What you look like you have. No, I was just going to say at Dill with Disney, the capacity control that they have is much better than universal Orlando. So universal Orlando, just they, Oh, cause that's the other thing too. Disney, you have to reserve your tickets ahead of time. You can't just like oh, buy yeah, tickets I forgot and go to the park, that. right? You can't just like buy and go. You have to reserve your day and you can't park hop. Um, so that's the other thing, right? You you are dedicated to that park mm-hmm. for the day that you reserved it. So um, if you're going for multiple days, what that means is you can reserve up to three days of your park ticket. So if you, let's say you have a four or a five day park ticket for Walt Disney World, you can choose three of the days, you know, what your ticket is actually, which park you're going to be going to. And then once you've used one, you can pick your next one. And once you've used that another one, you can pick that next one. So kind of it's it's weird when you go through the process because you have calendars on your screen and you're like clicking through trying to figure it out but it works out well and it does limit the people so let's talk about universal then so i love universal orlando super duper fun we actually we have annual passes and it is a very different experience than walt disney world from the moment you um get there to the moment you leave everything (laughs) everything is different and you can tell that the um what would you call it the strictness of the rules lackadaisical 
Yeah, that that lackadaisical is a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah, that it just it seems that um, they don't care as much. People are just kind of going through the motions because they know people are watching, but not really caring. So uh, that's the difference. I think it's the care level. Yeah, you know, obviously they they need to stay in business. True, but they let a lot more people in. Mm-hmm. You can just uh, you don't have to reserve your time. You can just go to the park. You can go between Islands of Adventure and Universal Studios mm-hmm. as much as you want. Yeah, so they have no idea how many people are where. Um, well, they do because, you know, they track tickets and stuff. Well, they track but... tickets, but they just let a lot more people in. But once you're in, they don't know where you are. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and it's um, it's interesting to kind of have been in one park, and then the next weekend we went to – so we, we did Disney first, and then we went to Universal the next weekend. It was kind of funny. Like, my own feelings was that I was really uncomfortable. <laughs> but – then, you know, it's also something where if you go during the week, like midweek, it feels way different because there's half as many people. But going on a weekend, which is when most people are going right now, I mean, it's still, it's insane. We've got pictures of people walking through. Well, there's Ho- tons of people. Yeah, walking through there's like no Hogsmeade distance. or Diagon Alley, like the Harry Potter areas. And it still is like shoulder to shoulder people. And they're like, I'm not going to wear my mask. I'm going to let it drip down below my nose. Yeah. And, and the they're not cast members at Universal, but... The team members at Universal, they're not enforcing it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I did see one person call out a guest for not wearing their mask, and I complimented her afterwards. Well, and she started going through the line and saying, hey, look down at your feet. Yeah. This sign marker means you stay here. This enforces six-foot distancing yep. because some people are like, I'm just going to keep walking. Yeah. Like, they just don't look. And so I, it's different and, people. And there aren't Universal. so many there aren't so many team members monitoring the queues as there are at Disney. And so if people are visiting and not really caring or if they think COVID is pretend or whatever it is, you know, they encroach on your space. And then there's us who, you know, we're in line and we throw some, Oliver dirt, is the line throw some dirty looks. <laughs> and Oliver, yeah. Yeah, he's a line monitor. He, you know, is trying to make sure that we enforce that. But other people just like start walking in your space. And I'm like, so, and I have to, you know, work with Oliver because I did other rides, you know, without you. And like a, more adult rides, and so that's why I think it's there's a different different type of people that go to Universal than go to Walt Disney World. We say different type of people, just like a different general attitude. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, yeah. both both parks are very mixed bag of all kinds of people, but the attitude of um, people at Universal seems to be that they don't necessarily care about the rules and the current situation. Um, as much as people who go to Disney do. Like, it seems that people who go to Disney are like, yes, there's rules in place. We will follow them because we want to be here and we want this to work for everybody. At Universal, they're like, I'm here on the weekend, whatever. (laughs) I'm going to let my mask drip down below my nose and I'm going to encroach upon your space. Yeah. And to give a little bit more frame of reference for how we're talking about Universal, we've been several times. And yeah, we, we, we witness this and we go back because we can manage ourselves and we can get ourselves out of the situations where people are shoulder to shoulder and not caring and all that stuff. So we can easily remove ourselves and manage our experience. And that's why we've gone back several times. You know, like I said, we've got annual passes, so we can do that. And it's well, also, I just like the rides better, but <laughs> anyways though. So yeah, so since um, since all this, since Universal reopened, we've been back. All of us have been back twice, I think. Twice, maybe three times. Um, 
and I've been back with the kids a couple of times. So we've been probably five times since it's reopened. And so this isn't just a one-time experience where they weren't running things well. This is five times of watching them not enforce their own rules. Oh, that's right. The thing that really gets me, and I watch it every time that we enter Universal, before you can actually... Like, Temp checks. Yep. Before you can even get into City Walk, you have to get your temperature checked. And they've got you know the little scanners and whatever. One day, it was the four of us, and I went through first. And then I just looked at the thermometer just to see. And we had temperature scanning from... 91 degrees to like 94 degrees which sorry but you're kind of dead what is it the human body's like <laughs> 98.1 98.6 or 98.6 so i mean with that that is a huge like number one the initial number isn't even accurate and then secondly if we've got people in our own group who have a swing of four degrees of temperature if let's say that there is that room for error that still is putting somebody over the 102 degree mark, which they aren't letting people in if they read at 100, what is it, 100.1, I think is what it is. So what good is this temp check that they do? And, you know, like I said, five times being there, witnessing them doing this inaccurately five times. And so, I don't know. It's so crowded at that point too, by the way. Like that's where lo- there's not a lot of, um, I want to say like uh, signage and like, audible instructions as you're coming from the parking garage to that general like check-in space security center um and then you're going through universal city walk like people are just like hoarding yeah um and then you get in a city walk and you're just like oh you want to really space yourself out because people don't care in city walk and then you get into universal it's a little bit different but that whole space of like parking garage through security check-in through city walk you really have to mind your space because nobody else is. Yeah. And like I said, you know, we do keep on going back because we know how to manage ourselves in that sort of situation. So I feel like it's the responsibility of the theme park to do that. But, you know, that's also why we can take responsibility for ourselves. And it goes the same for everybody else. So with that, so that's, I think, pretty detailed about each experience. What? Well, I was just going to say that when you're in Universal Orlando, they also have an app, right? But I would say that the performance of the app and information in the app to guide you through what's available for, let's say, um, restaurants for mobile order and pay or sit down is not as uh, helpful at Universal compared to Disney World. I remember that time that we were trying to find food in like Simpsons Land or something. Uh, it's not really Simpsons Land, whatever you call it. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And we're like trying to find like a restaurant, and then we find we're standing in some random line, and we find out we're in this one space where we could have done mobile order and pay. And so the information that they had and the signage in, like physically in place wasn't matching what was in the app. Yeah. So it just made a confusing customer experience um, when you're trying to plan. Yeah. And also, we I, I found after like I think the last two visits I had really had a difficult time getting the app to work properly to do more mobile order and pay like when you say I'm here I'm seated place my order or something like that it wouldn't register it, it's great because the staff knows that sometimes that's a problem so you know they write down your order number by hand so they've got some measures in place to make sure that still works but so between the two which do you right now during during COVID which do you prefer to go back to do you, do you still feel like universal because we enjoy the rides so much and we can manage ourselves that it's definitely our top pick right now or if we had annual passes for disney 
instead of Universal or both of them, which would you go back to each weekend? So what I would say is that I feel like Disney World has better preventative measures in place than Universal. And Universal has better rides and better food than Disney World. Okay. So I think what you're saying is that you feel the same today as you do when there wasn't coronavirus in the world. And that... No, no. If, if there was no coronavirus in the world, I would say Universal all day long. With coronavirus, Disney has better preventive measures in place for their customers than Universal. Gotcha. There you go. So right now, if I was like, let's go to Orlando, you'd say, okay, let's go to Disney World. Yeah. Okay. They've got better preventive measures in place, right? I feel safer there than Universal. Yeah. Of course, I can like mind my business and get away from people at Universal, but Disney does it better. And there you have it. I, I thought that we might have more conversation about that, but I guess not. <laughs> I've actually talked about this a lot and I've helped like other people with their experiences going to Disney World. Example, I just had like, you know, past coworkers from Seattle or like reaching out to me because they're going to Disney World and wondering what it's going to be like. And so I was able to share all that experience. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because, you know, I manage our Instagram stuff. So whenever I post a picture or stories or whatever that show one or the other, I always get a lot of questions really quickly of, oh, what's it actually like? I heard it's like this. And so I always share, you know, this is what our experience is like. And it's kind of funny because every now and then I'll see somebody posting on the weekend and I'll say, hey, what, what what's it like there right now? And they're like, oh, no, this is great. When like we've been there on the weekend, I'm like, uh-uh. Right now, there's just as many people. It's insane. Like a 95-minute wait for the whole... Yeah, so it's just... It's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. This navigating theme parks while you're also you know social distancing and mixed with a bunch of people who do and don't care it's just it's a strange cultural experience anyways that's kind of all that i had to say about the two right now as of right now so we are recording this in october of 2020 um right now disneyland is still closed so um we've yet to see i assume that you're going to manage things once they do get to open um, very similarly to Disney World. Gosh, I mean, they're rapidly coming up on almost a year of being closed. So, which is kind of crazy to think about. Closed, what was it, in March? We were there. We left Disneyland on March 1st. Yeah. And then they closed a couple weeks later. Yeah. That's so, about a little over half a year. I guess. It's more than over a half a year. I don't know. Anyways, by the time they get to reopen, it will have been around a year. That's what I'm That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, got it. You think they're going to open up in March of 2021? Um, I don't know, but I don't think they're opening before then. Who knows? Who knows? Th uh, this world's too different. It's too uncertain. I don't know. Our, our national park isn't even open right here in St. Augustine. So who knows? Anyway, yep, the rest of the state is. <laughs> yep. Basically, they don't think it exists. Good times. So tune in more throughout this season of Two Travel Dads podcast because we will have more info about the fun things that we do because we are working hard to still find fun things even though we are keeping our distance and not mixing with big crowds. We've got some more trips to the Orlando, Central Florida area coming up. Um, we'll be going down to the Florida Keys to do some really cool social distancing activities down there. Stay tuned. Stay healthy. And I guess we'll talk to you later. Mask up. <laughs> Bye. Two Travel Dads podcast is written by Rob and Chris Taylor and produced by Rob Taylor in Suquamish, Washington. If you would like to be on Two Travel Dads podcast or sponsor it, please visit us at twotraveldads.com slash work.